Ryan Blaney needs to host a, a retreat, you know, with Chase Elliott at this table and the rest of the Penske team over here, and he has to be the go-between. And like, yeah. it, and it's all at a Hooters. <laughs> it's all at a Hooters. is the Stagger Podcast. Welcome into the Stagger Podcast. What is up? I am J.D. Smith, along with my brother, Derek. This is your place to talk motorsports in America. And today we've got a lot coming up on the show. But before we get to what's on the show, do not forget, we have seen the interactions. You guys are starting to get after it on Twitter at Stagger Podcast. If you do not follow us yet, you need to. You can also follow us on Instagram at Stagger Podcast. We have got a Facebook group. Look up Stagger Nation. You can get in there. We can talk all kinds of topics. Whatever you want to do, discuss in the podcast. It's all there for you because we love racing. You do too. And we thank you for checking out the show. Make sure if you're listening to us on a podcast app, whether that's Apple Podcasts or Spotify or however you get your podcasts, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode because we're putting out more and more content every single week. At least we're trying to. Derek, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. How are you? I am. Uh, I don't know. I couldn't... That's a pretty generic uh, thing like, oh, I don't know. How are you doing? Yeah, well, I know. How are well, you? You're from the Midwest. All right, let's finally start the con- conversation. That's yeah. that's how we ID that we're from the Midwest. It's just like, oh, I'm fine. How are you? Oh, whoop, sorry, didn't see you there. Whoopsie, oh, let me just yeah, scoot right oops, by sorry. you. Whoop, whoop. But, you uh, how, <laughs> I will say this. How, yeah. I slept a lot better last night than I did because we did a podcast yesterday talking about some of the Bubba Wallace stuff, which we'll get into. But I didn't sleep well when I had heard that news about the noose and the garage and all that stuff. Man, watching yesterday, watching that Talladega race, uh, seeing the support from the NASCAR community for Bubba Wallace – it was beautiful, and I'm not saying it's fixed all the problems. It it hasn't. There's lots of issues in our society, but, man, that's what I believe we as a society can be is what you saw at the start of that race. How, how did that make you feel as a longtime NASCAR fan, seeing about every person in NASCAR rolling up behind Bubba and pushing him up to the front before the start of that race? I, I think it was uh, phenomenal. It was heartwarming. And it made it just feel like it was genuine. It wasn't anything forced or contrived. And there might be some naysayers that say it was, but I don't know. I think it was just really cool. And also too, um, I pity the fool whoever did this because did you see BJ McLeod standing behind Bubba's car? I don't think anybody wants to mess with that guy. Oh, was that BJ? Yeah. Oh yeah. I was wondering. With the Rick Ware racing (laughs) unzipped, showing his chest hairs off. Oh Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that I mean, BJ McLeod, he is the guy to yeah. fear in the garage. Should they ever turn this into like a WrestleMania style oh my event? Gosh. You know, if, if Humpy Wheeler comes back and puts a ring in the center, uh, you know, front stretch of Charlotte Motor Speedway, mm. uh, my money's on BJ McLeod to beat the whole field. I, but you're right. I mean, the fact, Humpy the Wheeler fact would be the guy there, to do that, though. He would be the yeah. guy to do that. And also, that leaves us to a point someday down the road, we may have to do maybe in the offseason, uh, 
which <laughs> racers equate to which WWE wrestlers. I think that we might have to work on that down the road. You might have to get a guest host for that one because I don't watch wrestling. That's okay. No, I'll give it to you. I'll tell you who. I'll, I'll educate ah, you because gotcha. you know NASCAR. Enlighten so that'll be me. a way I can introduce yeah. you. Maybe we'll do it for WrestleMania next year. We'll, we'll we'll cross over. We'll get you into that it. That sounds good. That sounds good. But yeah, it was uh, great to see that. And I was uh, blown away that, you know, NASCAR could have cow not coward, but could have been understandably so paralyzed by this and not knowing what to do. The drivers could have been like, man, I'm enraged, but I don't know what to do. This is, I mean, like, it, it, like, it, think about it this way. The drivers didn't sign up for this. And what I mean by sign up for this is they have always been, a, you know, you know, good people that care for one another and, you know, they just want to go out and go racing, but kudos to them. They've stepped up to the plate and said, this isn't right. Uh, what Ryan, Ryan Blaney said yesterday after winning the race, like he's tired of this bleep, you know, Bubba shouldn't have to go through with this. Uh, so that's a good thing. Um, that's a good thing that they're all stepping up and they're all saying, you know, enough is enough. And this is not only our friend, but this is just not right that no one should be treated like this. And for Jimmy Johnson to suggest they stand around him during the, the national anthem, that was pretty powerful. And I believe Kevin Harvick was the driver who suggested everybody push his car to the front of the field. He was and once yes. the, once the crew guys get wind of that, everybody was, you know, a part of that. So that was pretty cool. That was pretty yeah. cool to see. Well, and and you made a really good point there about well, a couple of things. The the paralysis thing, <laughs> that's that is something that I think a lot of people probably have felt in the last month or two. Um, and to say it, however you want to phrase this, like you know, non people of color, <laughs> white people, whatever you want to say. But I think there are a lot of people who genuinely are saying, I acknowledge that things are bad, but I don't know what to do. And, and and that's not wrong. I I'm in that boat. I don't always know. Do I go protest in March? Do I donate to a cause? Do what? Like what can I do? I don't know. What's what's really going to help? What's the thing that's going to help? And I admire that Jimmy Johnson and Kevin Harvick showed that leadership to say, well, here's what we can do. Mm. I don't know if it's going to help. I don't know. Like is that going to prevent? That didn't. By the way, they didn't find the guy yet who did this or gal whoever it was or people we don't know how this happened jimmy johnson didn't solve the crime didn't <laughs> go get no. everything and fix the whole world with this gesture what he did do was show someone who he knows who's in his life and he's in their life that he stands with them and supports them in a way that was meaningful obviously to bubba you could see how he reacted to that show of support and uh yeah that's that's I think the the lesson of takeaways. That's what we can do is 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 as much as we can try to be there for people, uh, you know, and and help whether you know whether you are in a position where you're in leadership and you could do something like that, like those guys are because they're senior drivers and everyone knows who they are, or if you're just one of the team members who was like, well, I'm going. <laughs> you might be the lowest man on the totem pole, but that made an impact. So, um. Yeah. Speaking of leadership, and, and, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, no, 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 you're good. I was just going to say it's um, it's very, very cool how the drivers just, you know, like we said, came together. And I honestly just am hoping that this will speed up the process to where, you know, not, not that the person that comes forward, it's not like there's going to be grace shown, but I just hope that, that if that person was there, God forbid, on pit road, that they would just know, hey, um, I'm going to get fought, found out because everybody's 
out to find the truth. So yeah, there's a chance cut, that cut you're bait, right. There's cut, a chance that guy bait. is there. Yeah. I mean, just, but cut bait, tell the truth and yeah, you're, you're done with NASCAR forever. Yeah. doesn't mean you can't go and get a job somewhere else. doesn't mean you can't restart your life and learn from this. Um, but you know, just do the best, do the right thing. Um, come yeah. clean, make sure everybody knows that it's just, you know, one guy or, or a small group of people, get them out of the sport and let's move on from yeah. it. Yeah. So hopefully with these, all these superstars putting their power behind it, hopefully it's not going to make them feel insulated. Hopefully it keeps them a lot of sleepless nights and eventually someone's going to crack. Maybe even someone who heard the joke and knows about it, but didn't want to say anything. Maybe, yeah. you know, maybe they might be able to, to tell the authorities about it. I hope so because it just needs to be eradicated. Yeah, it, it does. And, and I mean, the FBI is investigating it now. I don't know if that means they'll be able to figure it out. Um, but hopefully they do and hopefully they bring that person to justice and they can be eliminated from the sport. It, it needs to be made an example to show it's not okay. It's not, it's not something to joke about. Uh, I could even see that someone would come and say, look, man, I was just trying to mess with Bubba. I thought he would take it as a joke or wouldn't, you know, and that's wrong by the way. It's completely yeah. wrong. It, yeah. I don't know how anyone in their right mind could think that, but still it doesn't matter if it was a joke. doesn't matter what it was. Like you got to get that out of the sport. Um, Absolutely. And uh, what I wanted to say real quick, when we talk about leadership, how about the King himself, Richard Petty, man, Mm. I tell you what, like, I'm not going to say Richard Petty is a, is a perfect human or that no one is. I mean, no one, no one does everything right, but you know, that's a guy who is clearly a legend we talk about privilege, whatever you want to call that. Some people get mad when you hear that term. In the world of NASCAR, no one has more privilege, agency, power, whatever. Richard Petty has as Richard Petty drove a stock car on the track at Darlington a few years ago. And they were like, all right, Richard Petty's gonna do a parade lap. And then 17 hours later, he's still driving on the track. <laughs> They had, they had the a black, black flag, flag him. Yes. <laughs> and he still didn't care. He's like, hell, man, I'm going to drive. It's I don't get to do this. I got an awesome car. I'm in front of the whole world. Everybody in NASCAR gets to watch me. It was great. That man to be able to say, I need to be with my driver. That little uh, first statement that he put out before he put out the bigger one that kind of condemned the whole thing, but where he said, I got up this morning and I knew the one place I had to be, I needed to hug my driver. This is a guy who they haven't let go to the track because of coronavirus. You know, they're Mm -hmm. trying to protect him, and rightfully so. He's 82 years old. But to put all that aside and say, I don't care if it makes me sick. I don't care what could happen. I have to be with this human who's going through this thing right here when he has all the ability to stay in his comfy house and have a bunch of other people handle this for him. To see him on the front line there, that, again, was just another example of leadership, and it was so cool. And that's the, I, I think I read Marty Smith uh, put out a tweet, I believe might've been Jeff Gluck. Um, and they said that, you know, basically once uh, Petty heard that, that this had happened, he got on his private jet and, and he wanted to make sure that he knew that his driver knew that he was with him, stood with him, supported him and wanted to hug him. Yeah. And, you know, I, I know that this is a time of COVID uh, social distancing, all that things, all the things like that. It was, however, very refreshingly from a human perspective. Um, obviously, stay social distance. Obviously, wear your mask uh, when you're out in public, especially if you're at risk or around at risk people. It was just heartwarming to see that. Same with after the race, you know, when Bubba was 
high fiving people's hands. I know that's not the protocol, but yeah, it, dang it, we, we enjoyed it. Well, and get I, some I hand sanitizer and and yeah, oh, and, gosh, and hope, just don't. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know, and that's and that's it's true. We gotta, you know, it, it's a little bit like the protests, right? Where is it ideal to be out protesting in the middle of the street with coronavirus no. going on? Probably not. Are there some things in life that are bigger than your concern about that virus? Yeah, probably so. And sometimes it's it's worth the risk, you know, is for the only way I could phrase that. But yeah. um, there's much more we could talk about with this. And I don't want to I don't want to cut it short. But also at the same time, we did a whole podcast yesterday about uh, our feelings on this. So if you haven't listened to that, I encourage you to go check it out. Of course, you know, mm-hmm. hashtag I stand with Bubba. We are with that's right. We are with Bubba Wallace and we are, you know, with the people who are now saying, I'm going to start watching NASCAR. I'm going to check it out because I didn't know NASCAR was so accepting and welcoming. Mm. If that's you and you're starting to look at this for the first time and listen to maybe a podcast to learn some things, please reach out to us. We're happy to help you. If, you, if you've got questions, we want to help answer them. So at on Twitter, at Stagger Podcast or wherever. I mean, it doesn't have to be us. But yeah, I, I think NASCAR fans can be really good um for lack of a better term, tour guides here. <laughs> and, and, and NASCAR fans are not afraid to do that. So if you if you are looking to understand the sport a little bit, hopefully we can help you with that. Um, so we can keep talking about Bubba, and I love Bubba Wallace. I will also point out real quick, Corey LaJoy had a nice little piece to this yesterday. Bubba Wallace was about to run out of gas, like a lot of guys were right at the end of that race. And I did feel we got a little gypped out of it with the wreck that happened or the spin out that happened where Jimmy Mm -hmm. got spun um, because we were going to see a fuel mileage race at a plate track, which is (laughs) that's a fun little formula for disaster or not disaster, but that that could have, well, it would have made it a little more, a little, well, a little more interesting at the end. It was interesting, Um, but it would have been interesting in a different way because you might've seen a guy leading in turn four. All right. Can he make it around? Then all of a sudden he putters cars have to scramble to get around him and, Someone gets a run, and it, it could have even been more chaotic than it was, but Bubba was running out of gas, and so it was on the caution lap. Corey LaJoy was not coming into the pits, but he pushed Bubba around from turn three over to pit road and then uh, you know, kept on going, and Bubba rolled down and was able to keep his race alive. If, he hadn't, if, if Corey LaJoy doesn't do that, Bubba Wallace may have not finished the race, and so he got a 14th place finish out of it. That's pretty cool that... His car was running up front all day. From the racing side of things, Bubba Wallace, I mean, put on a hell of a drive. Like, that was a really solid race for for him. And he's he's becoming, I think, known as a pretty good, you know, super speedway racer, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think he's picked it up. He used, I mean, he said before in the trucks a long time ago, actually, it was Xfinity, um, how much he despised Talladega and, and racing there. He didn't like it, but, you know, he's going to get better at it. And I think he has. Uh, he's shown that obviously from his first step uh, into NASCAR Cup Series, getting a runner-up finish at Daytona, and he's just gone on from there. Uh, he was up there all day, working, hustling, and and getting the job done, leading a lap or two, and always in the top of the pack. Uh, he, it was really cool to see him work well with a lot of different drivers, uh, connecting and and drafting. One of the pairs too that I love to watch all day though was Ricky Stenhouse and Kyle Busch. Those guys. I mean, it was almost magical what they were doing um, yeah, out they the track. Were, and, they were pretty and, epic. Yeah, and, and this of all tracks, because this is the funny thing about plate racing, is that of all the tracks that you or I or anybody could jump into and and sit there and ride around and stay on the lead lap, Talladega is probably the place to do that. 
but that would be from 30th to 38th place, maybe 35th <laughs> to 38th place. You could just hang on for dear life. But if you're anywhere in the top 30 in that main pack, uh, it is way more than just turning left, way more than just turning left. I mean, uh, did you see the bumper cams from the oh, cars? Oh, my that, gosh. Like yeah, from all the hitting, they're getting it was destroyed. Like, <laughs> it, it was almost like if you had a, a news anchor who's like, frazzled it's like all right we're gonna go to the bumper cam now hey bumper cam how you doing oh my gosh it's crazy it's crazy turn go to the blimp go to the blimp okay okay we're back at the blimp now it's nice and peaceful i mean cars are going it, crazy yes it's like you can watch you you're right in that you can look at it from above it's kind of like watching like i would assume like an ant colony right where if you're just looking at it from above you see them all going around like dave matthews ants marching but you see little ants and you're like oh look at them they're all orderly and following around but to those ants, it's like, we got to get the food in. We got to get over here, build. They're pouring. Oh, no, the rain's coming. Like, they're they're freaking out. They're, do, you know, they're going. And you're just looking like, oh, isn't that pretty? Isn't that? Oh, look at them moving around. That's what it's like watching a NASCAR race from above versus if you tune into that spotter channel or if you are at the track, if you can get to a track and you can yeah. put on the scanner. Man, listen to any of those guys because at a play track, it's just constant like bottom of three. Bottom of three, still there at your door. All right, he's side drafting you. Run coming up to your back bumper. All right, here comes the push. All right, he's gonna hit you. Like it and it's it's that for three hours. It's it's insanity. I mean, it's a it's a really tough thing to do. Now, full disclosure, I don't typically enjoy the pack racing myself. I much rather enjoy I enjoy short tracks comparatively. I would much rather watch a short track race than a super speedway race. That's me. But that all said. This is one of the more enjoyable super speedway races I've watched in quite some time. So that's a big kudos to NASCAR because they put in some rule changes. We'll talk about those later. If you want to get really technical and boring on it, I can give you a little idea of what they actually did. We can put you to sleep. Go ahead and just, you know, put the headphones on, put on well, Stagger you know Podcast, right. and we can put you to sleep. I'll jump past that. We'll do it real quick. I'll just tell you, at NASCAR, at super speedways, they used to have these things called restrictor plates, which limit the air. Maybe someday we'll do a little educational podcast that is a more of a deep dive as to like what that mm -hmm. is, what a restrictor plate does. But by and large, it pretty much restricts the airflow into the engine so they can't make as much power. That's that's what NASCAR, after Ryan Newman crashed at Daytona, you know, this is the first plate track since Daytona, the first super speedway where they, they are always trying to figure out how to keep these cars from going as fast as they can because they don't want somebody to get killed. So with Ryan Newman, when that happened, they changed a bunch of things on these cars. And this is the first time they ran these cars out there with this new package. And one of the things they did was they limited the horsepower more. Uh, and that has in turn uh, helped keep the racing a little bit more instead of just having, you know, a big run and you just blow past a guy now there's a little more effort that has to go into it. That's why you're seeing the bump drafting happen a little bit more yesterday where guys are just pushing the cars as opposed to just everyone flying by and you go 20 spots back. Um, the racing was, I thought, a little bit better. But they, yeah, yeah it, the, the package changes that they did, they also put in some safety stuff, which I won't you know bore you with, but they wanted to make sure that you know someone doesn't get a head injury uh, as best as they can. They updated the, the padding on that. They also... Um, they had that slip tape on there to apply it all the way across the bottom of the bumper to help make it a little easier for guys to hook up and not completely just wreck each other. So there, there's a lot of little technical things NASCAR actually did. They got rid of the aero ducts, which used to be on these cars. They put them in a few years ago. They took them out for this race. That all combined 
I think made a really good technical package for the racing yesterday, and it it, it helped out tremendously. It's one of the better uh, plate races, super speedway races I've seen in a long time. Nice. Yeah, I mean it, it was it was a lot of fun, and I enjoyed the heck out of it. Um, I, I'm a big plate racing guy. This is where we differ on things, and I, but but it's not like it's not like we have to differ. It's not like we have to uh, you know be in disagreement about it and stuff like that. We just had a good time. Uh, watching the race. I know we had texted back and forth during it at parts and uh, man, I, I just had a, a lot of fun watching. It was, it was like a game seven for the entire three hours I was watching. Um, you know, that, that fourth quarter, one minute to go, it had that feel to it. And then the Xfinity race, a lot of the cars kind of strung out a little bit and uh, you know, everybody kind of rides around for a little bit. There was none of that uh, for this the stage racing. Everyone was trying to get up to beat the rain. Then when the rain wasn't a threat anymore, uh, you know, they just kept going and it was, it was a lot of fun. And I think guys like Bubba, guys like Ricky Stenhouse, uh, they saw this as their chance to get into the chase. Uh, even guys like John Hernimacek and, and Ryan Priest, uh, Chris Busher, this was their chance to really get a, ch- a shot at the chase, the playoffs. Yeah. I just caught that. Um, <laughs> but I think it was a good <laughs> living in 2010. Um, but it was a lot of fun to see them get up there and mix it up. And then you had guys that were, you know, Jimmy Johnson, I know wanted to win that race. And I think he would have won the race had he not gotten turned. Uh, he was one of those guys I was rooting for too. Um, it was just all around. It was a good day. I mean, I happen to love Monday races, but I know I'm kind of weird in in saying that. I know. Well, if you, if you can watch the Monday race, like I know more people are going back to work. Obviously some people were still working at home, but yeah, if right. you have like you and I both have jobs where we can actually as of now watch the race and be working. So mm. not everybody has that, but I, I know what you mean. Uh, NASCAR would much prefer it be a Sunday race, of course. But uh, yeah, that 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 was a, a really fun deal to watch. And I, I'm curious to see what the TV number was from a rating standpoint. Not that that's the full barometer of anything, but the where that finish happened was what like between six and seven thirty somewhere in that range where yeah you could theoretically have anybody that was at work who was a NASCAR fan who was excited by that you know they they could have been getting home flipping that on and saying oh man we got you know thirty laps to go I'm gonna check the rest of this out I wonder what the number looked like in that time frame hopefully we'll find it um, yeah let's talk real quick because we talked a lot about the rest of the race the finish Ryan Blaney man this was uh, another. That guy, every time he wins a race, it's either – I mean, I think – I don't know if he's won a race by more than five car lengths in his career <laughs> and at the cup Certainly level. Certainly not Talladega. Certainly not well, there. Well, n- no, but I, I'm saying, like, think about his Pocono run where he won his first race. Remember Harvick was kind of coming up on him there at the end and was yeah. didn't catch him, but he was, he was less than five car lengths back. He wasn't that far back. And then I think every other win he's had on a super speedway has been roughly like that, where it's – last lap it's door to door and he ekes it out and he found a way to do it yet again eric jones probably didn't enjoy exactly <laughs> how he got to the victory <laughs> lane celebration but you could even tell a little bit ryan blaney i don't know if it was just the emotion of the day and everything else that had gone on or maybe a little bit because he kind of put eric jones into the wall but you could see ryan blaney was just kind of like hey you know it's good to win I like to win. He wasn't, yeah, he wasn't up there like pounding the hood and, and screaming and, you know, going, he, he definitely didn't have the dinger reaction at Atlanta from a few weeks ago. He was a little more subdued, but that's, that's YRB's personality. That's what he likes to do. Yeah. And, and I, I was bummed that Eric Jones didn't win it only for the fact that I would have loved, now we have fans in the stands. He could have been like, 
How you like that, boys and girls? I mean, that would have been a lot of fun. Do you remember when he did that in in the July Daytona race he won? I think, yeah, I I can't fault him. I think it was his his first cup win. I think he was just excited. His voice cracked. It was kind of funny. Yeah. But, (laughs) well, I I don't know. He he was going to probably win it. If if Ryan Blaney doesn't put him in the wall, he probably wins. uh, uh, Eric Jones probably wins that race. Yeah. For for someone who, uh, for someone who doesn't like, know how to talk really i mean if you've listened to this podcast i've listened a few times uh to the ones the episodes we've made and i say you know quite a bit and i say uh but you know uh yep and i I do a lot of things like that so for someone who can't talk i shouldn't make fun of eric jones no you're fine it's okay we none none of us can talk have you listened radio people can't talk no one can talk we're just just here doing our thing it's good but uh that finished to me nothing screams talladega more than the third place car, which if we had podiums would have been a podium finish, the third place car wrecking going across the line. Eric Almarola yeah. went across the line backwards. And that's <laughs> he literally his bumper. I love that they, sh- they slowed it down on the broadcast. And they're like, and Eric Almarola, yes, he got third. As you see, like the corner of his bumper going across <laughs> the finish line right in front of Denny Hamlin's front bumper. And I thought, man, that's that's uh, that's a unique thing that's fun about Talladega. They they you know Daytona has the tri oval, that little curve bend in the front stretch. That's where the start finish line is at Daytona, and obviously Talladega they've moved it down. Brilliant move by Bill France Senior back in the day. But yeah, man, that's yeah. that's that is that always produces some kind of hairy finish at the end. If there's if there's cars together, which there usually are, because you've got so much extra room to kind of get a run off of turn four gather it back up and then maybe bump a guy or move a guy or draft past a guy so talladega that finish is always crazy i don't enjoy the t- the totality of the race as much but the end is always a lot of fun now quick question for you it's it's not on our topic uh sheet per se but so the the finish line at talladega probably one of the most sought after seats in nascar would you agree yeah i would say yeah. that's that's so, pretty fair so what are two other what what would be like your two other places that you would love to sit and see a race and it doesn't have to be at the finish line or wherever just tell me some spot where you would love to see you know a part of the race and well i'll tell you any, okay. any any nascar track and then if you want to throw an indy car track or well i or will tell you one, track. one of the tracks i will give you that i i know is a tremendous seat and i think it's one of the best seats that i've seen in motorsports and you oddly can't see the whole track from this seat, but Indianapolis Motor Speedway, turn one, well, end of the front stretch, going into turn one, they have the covered grandstands there. Mm. And if you sit just at the right spot, you can see off of turn four, you can see the cars coming onto the front stretch. You can see them go all the way down the front stretch. You can see pit road, and then you can see them, they come right in front of you to go into turn one. You can see them going down into the short shoot into turn two and then off to the backstretch. But just as they're coming out of turn two, you lose them again. But there's a screen right there in the infield where I've literally sat there and been in the shade. I've been able to see half of the track, which is about as good as you can do at Indianapolis. And then I've also had a giant screen in front of me so I could see the rest of the race. And I could watch all the battles off pit road. I could see the the line at the end of pit road where they're coming off. That to me is one of the best seats. If you're going to go to Indy, 
try to go where you can sit in that turn one seat. By the way, if you get one, if you can get a ticket to that for the Indy 500, then you're living right. Cause I don't know who can get those tickets because they're, you know, people who have those seats don't give them up, but for the brickyard, you can get those tickets. And certainly if you go to like an Xfinity race or if you go to the GP of Indy, which is backwards from that, it probably wouldn't be as good of a seat for that. I, I sat there for the GP of Indy, actually. Was, was it good? One of my spots. What'd you think? Yeah, because you get to see the final like. Oh, turn yeah. To, you get what, that, 11, that turn 12, where they come off. And, right. you, and you get to see him go dive into the turn one at the end of the straightaway. But it's it's not terrible. You get to see a lot of pit stops. So, I mean, that's that's cool, too. Um, but, yeah, I've, I've also so I got to see. Uh, the GP of Indy there. And then I also went to a, a, tr- a track day or te- uh, practice day uh, hmm. leading up to qualifying. And that is something, e- even if you didn't get a Tuesday to get off of work and go out and you get the whole kind of place to yourself, there's maybe you know 5,000 people there. Um, who knows? Maybe it'll be sold out once everybody gets to be like, if, if fans are allowed in this year, everyone might be going out there. Who knows? But yeah. it's a lot of fun. And that's one of my spots too. I was going to say turn one at Indianapolis. Another spot that I would love to see is the, uh, the, what do they call it? The, uh, the bus stop at Watkins Glen. Oh, that would be a spot yeah. that I would love to watch any series that was there, mm-hmm. whether that be, uh, IMSA, whether that be Indy cars, I'd even watch motorcycles there for all. Like, I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm anything, very, anything very tempted. There. Yeah. And then the second spot for me, and this is a, a close spot for me, uh, just personally is mid Ohio, um, sitting in the Estes up on mm-hmm. the hill yeah. in the shade on a that's nice a, July or August ideal. day. It's one of the best spots to watch a, a you know a race. I, I feel just you know the kids can run and play. You can watch you know the big screen. You got the cool turn there. There's a lot of action there. And I'm half tempted to run up there this weekend for the Vintage Grand Prix. They're letting some fans in, and I'm very tempted to do that or go see a sprint car race. So I'm mm, about itching yeah. to see some live racing. And, I'm, and dude, some, I'm with uh, you. Well, we'll, we'll fuel in my lungs. We will. Uh, and and we live in Ohio, so the Ohio Sprint Speed Weeks got announced in uh, early July. So we may have to go check out. Maybe go up to Sharon, Sharon Speedway, home of the Blaney's. That might oh, be yeah. that might be a spot to go check out. I've never been to Sharon Speedway. It's right near the Ohio Pennsylvania border. But uh, Lou Blaney, I think, was was the grandfather of Ryan who owned that place, and then Dale and Dave Blaney obviously both ran there, and they run the track now and. Yeah, so it's uh yeah, that's 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 a spot we might have to hit. But a lot of great places to go watch a race and, and I hope that we can take this podcast on the road at some point once once it's a little easier to travel to races and you know, you can get a flight a little easier, you can find <laughs> hotels easier, you you can find them. It's just I don't know how many people want to do that right now, but yeah, it w- eventually we get back to like a normal type of going to racetracks and you see 50, 60,000 people at a track then that's that's where we're going to be taking the podcast i hope on the road and going to some of these tracks that we love and going to some we've never been to cuz uh you know there's there's plenty of those one other place i will say a great spot to get a ticket for and you don't have to sit that high up backstretch bristol that's where we usually sit when i go with my buddies from the uh, dick trickle racing league shout out to ori and steve and everybody else in the dick trickle racing league um but when we go it's my fantasy racing league that i'm in um backstretch is really good because you you there's not a bad seat in that place but if you're up you can get a little higher up on the backstretch and it's not nearly as competitive to get those tickets as it is on the front stretch so yeah, yeah. i think that's a that's a real good spot too if you're trying to get a little higher at bristol see the whole track but still not you know be so far up that you know it's the nosebleeds then uh that's a good spot um yeah. let's let's talk real quick because you mentioned the chase inadvertently but there is a chase on the track. Chase Elliott 
yet again, he runs into a Penske car. Well, he didn't run into it. They ran into him. This time it was Brad Kozlowski kind of gave him a, a nudge when he wasn't ready for it. Kozlowski was hammering the hell out of everybody's bumper. I mean, <laughs> I do I do think Brad Kozlowski, if he were a Hollywood actor, he'd be the one who, like, in a stunt scene, would be the one actually throwing punches and say, what? We, you can handle it. It's just a punch. I mean, I didn't, you know, like like in Rocky where they, they all took a bunch of Tylenol and then punched each other for, you know, all those fight scenes. That's, that's Brad Kozlowski in this race. Everyone else is trying to, like, all right, let's push a little bit. Let's be careful. Kozlowski was like, nope, I'm trying to wreck you. Hang on to it. Not that he was trying to wreck people. I'm just, mm. that's how hard he was hitting some of these guys. And you saw Ryan Blaney have to, like, do a great save to try to keep himself and that's his teammate but uh yeah it looks like chase Chase and the penske cars always seem to find each other logano and now keselowski yeah is is brad keselowski yes or no is he the guy at the go-kart track when you're out there with your kids or when you were a teenager and you got the little metal bar around the go-kart so nothing really could happen but they stop it because someone spins out and you're sitting there stopped brad keselowski is the guy that runs up and hits you while you're stopped is that right (laughs) I mean, he it feels just, like he what? Sorry, man. Hey, uh, sorry. Hey, man. Just trying to get, just trying to get, just trying to get ahead, man. Just trying to do it. He again, is man. at least creeping up when, like, you know how, like, if you're stuck on the oh, downhill when and you let the brake off, and like they haven't <laughs> turned the engines back on, you know, when they shut the engines off to, yes. to fix the wreck. Yes, and he's the guy that like Kislowski. he's like just sits on the brake, and then as soon as the guy's not looking, he rolls past you. You're like, hey, 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 put, hey, sorry, I, I'm just, I'm just driving. What, what's the big deal? And then. You know, his car obviously kicks off first and he's off laughing at you. And you're like, man, this stinks. Yeah. it. Yeah, I know. And, it, you know, Dude. it's it's weird, too, because Brad Kozlowski at Talladega, I mean, it's not like we've ever seen him put someone into the fence. Oh, wait, no. His very first win there. That's how that's exactly <laughs> how he did it. Carl Edwards running across the finish line. So that's this is I mean, look, that's Brad Kozlowski, man. He's going to hit the hell out of you at a, at a super speedway. And you better hope you can hang on good, bad or otherwise. And I'm not saying that's Chase's fault. I mean, I, there there really wasn't anything he could do on that. He was yeah. along for the ride. But um, what do you think? Is there is there a is it is it more than just a Chase and Joey Logano feud at this point? Do you think maybe I know Ryan Blaney is is in that organization too, and him and Chase are great friends. They never let you, yeah. they never miss an opportunity to tell you how great of friends they are. But well, I mean, and, and I mean, they're it's for real. Like when we were in Marsville a couple of years ago. The, on the golf cart from the driver lot to the to the track, there. I mean, Ryan Blaney and Chase Elliott were uh, were were driving together, and so, I, I mean, wouldn't I, know it, Derek because one of us <laughs> saw that, the other but, one was getting a hot dog and missed it. So yeah, but you know, I mean, I think they definitely are closest of friends, and so for the two of them, no, I don't think there's a beef for sure. Uh, but I could see just in general. I mean, it, it's weird. Looking at Joey Logano, Brad Keselowski, they are still young. I think they're. I think Keselowski may be thirty-four, which is my age, and I know Logano is younger than me. But Logano has been in the sport for over ten years. So in NASCAR, he's much more a seasoned veteran. And you got these younger guys that are twenty-three and twenty-four and twenty-five that are coming up that have only been in Cup for two or three years. And there, there's a little bit of tension there. I, I feel. I really do. And um, I, also the fact that it's Ford versus Chevy. It's, you know, rival rivalries budding. Uh, I, I think that there's going to be some we're not going to see the end of the at least the Logano and Chase. I think that's well, going to stay around for a while. Joe Logano's 30 just turned 30 like a couple that's weeks ago. Is that not insane? 
He, I mean, well, he <laughs> acts been around 45. forever. Yeah, I know he does. Well, he, when, especially when he puts the glasses on, he looks like oh, he looks like he looks our dad, and we're older <laughs> than Joey Logano by a lot, and yet he looks old, like he looks older than us, which is crazy. But looks like a young Johnny Benson. Or just Johnny Benson. You're right. Or just Johnny Benson. <laughs> Johnny Benson I, I mean, was a I'll little... Give him more credit. Yeah. Jo- Joey Logano is a little more fun. Have you, have you ever heard the story about him and Corey LaJoy racing up the stairs at Darlington? No. It's a it's a pretty funny story. You, you have to hear... You have to get the audio of Corey, Corey uh, retelling that. But basically, they, they were driving between tracks or doing something. I forget what they were going to. Myrtle Beach Speedway. They stopped to see the track at Darlington when they were both not cup drivers. Oh. Okay. And they ran... Uh, they were racing at the top of the steps. They raced down. Logano ended up falling, rolling, bleeding, and won. And as you looked up at LaJoy, he's like, I still won. And LaJoy tells the story, and he's like, got blood falling down his face, but he's like, I still beat you. You know, like, yeah, that sounds it, about right. <laughs> so Logano's a funny guy. Uh, I, yeah, I, I like him. Yeah, I, I, no, I, like, I think he's a good, he's a great driver. He, he's fun to pick on, though. I yeah, mean, come he, on. It's, it's, he's it's an easy Logano. target, man. I mean, well, it's been a that's been a prime sport for years between Tony Stewart and Matt Kenseth and everybody's punched him. I mean, everybody's <laughs> at least tried, right? <laughs> just about. Hey, I man, mean, you even- know what though? This is what's going to happen, and and I just mark this down. It'll happen like probably five or ten years from now. I don't know how much longer he'll race. He could race for much longer than that. I just don't know if when you've been in the sport this long and you made as much money as he probably has. I don't know how much longer you necessarily want to do it, but. It'll be something that when he is probably five or ten years from now, you will hear people who are like, you know, these these old guys like Joey Logano, they don't make them like that anymore. Like everyone will turn to that <laughs> and like they did with Jeff Gordon, how Jeff Gordon got the absolute constant negativity about him from, a, you know, not from his fans, obviously, but everybody else just constantly you know, oh, he's just a pretty boy. He doesn't know anything about driving. It's like this kid was sitting on phone books driving dirt tracks in Indiana and Ohio and California back in the day in a sprint car and beating guys who were three times his age. Like Jeff Gordon knows what he's doing. Joey Logano knows what he's doing. These guys are good racers, man. And I'm not saying Joey Logano is on Jeff Gordon's level. I'm just saying by the end of the career, there was no denying the greatness of Jeff Gordon. And by the end of Logano's career, there will be no denying how great of a driver he is too. But yeah, him, him and Chase, man, NASCAR could use a feud like that. I'm totally cool with it. NASCAR could use a little bit more Corey LaJoy, Denny Hamlin. Uh, that makes that that makes it fun. That's obviously kind of died down. Corey LaJoy's trying to take the high road now and move on from it. But I like feuds. I, would like, I do too. I like on-track feuds. I like every time you see two drivers together that you know have a little beef. You don't think there's going to be some of that this weekend at Pocono? There's going to be, oh. I guarantee you, Chase Elliott and Joey Logano will run up on each other, or Brad Kozlowski and Chase Elliott will run up on each other at some point, and they'll be diving into a turn, and everyone will be holding their breath going, what's going to happen? Are they, <laughs> who's going to do what? <laughs> like, it's, that's always going to be a thing, and, I, and I'm glad for it. I'm excited for it, and I hope that continues. Um, yeah, it, and Pocono, speaking of the Pocono, it's, it's a really cool track that I think has gotten a bad rap over the years, but is is the racing has gotten better there. Yes. I've enjoyed it and shortening it from the 500 miles to a double header weekend. Like they planned on it before even COVID hit, I think it's going to help them. Uh, but man, I, I, I remember going, we went there. Do you remember when we went to Pocono? I we do. met Harry Gant. I absolutely remember. And uh, it just tells you how long ago it was. Harry Gant was retired, but was there, you know, yes. doing like, you know, he had a trailer. A, 
I, or like a he little, a he had a little mini, mer- not like a huge trailer like they have now, but he had a little mini merch, like you'd see, yeah. the, like you'd see at a short track, like a dirt track race. Like, yeah, it wasn't huge, but it had t-shirts and die casts and, you know, he's probably getting rid of whatever stuff was still whatever left Whatever stuff over. he had. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it, it was cool to see that. And then I just remember this long line and wondering what that long line was for to like the small red tent. And then I realized it was people passing, getting a free carton of cigarettes from Winston. Oh, yeah. So we, we've been there a long time. Well, <laughs> we, yeah. Been... And in that race, I forget what year it was. We could probably go look it up. But Dale Earnhardt was up near the front, senior, obviously, was yeah. up near the front pretty much the whole day. And every time he went by, I will never forget how many people stood up in the stands. And I mean, I'm talking middle of the race, start of the race. It didn't matter. Every lap, you'd have these three fans standing up and like, woo, and they'd like wave their hat as he went by. And then it's like, all right, well, that was the first lap. I understand. And then second lap, and they do it again. And I mean, every lap, there were people yelling at him. And I mean, he's, you know, after five or 10 (laughs) laps, it's spread out. He's just, he's trying to make lap times and trying to catch someone. And they're yelling every single lap. And it was probably about two thirds of the race or so. And he caught a flat. And I think might have smacked the wall lightly, but enough to do damage. And he had to pull into the pits and all those fans who'd been standing up. You could see them all put their head in their hands and everyone around them just was like, "Woo, yeah, damn, all right. <laughs> <I remember laughs> that was that. so that much was so fun, much man. Fun. That's that's uh, that's and that's good. That's that's fun with NASCAR. And that's uh, that's what we like about racing in general is like that. I, I enjoy that. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. It, Pocono. It's, it's I'm with time. you, man. Pocono is a special place in my heart. I enjoy it. I love the fact it's three distinct turns. I love the fact it's a triangle. I know a lot of people think it's boring racing, but man, get a stopwatch. Listen to a scanner if you're at the track. If you can get there, I don't even know if are they having fans get, there. They're having fans there, right? I don't know. I don't know. If they. I can't are, remember what Pen- Pennsylvania Pennsylvania is is broken down by. Oh me, yeah, they're more like county. So <clears throat> I don't know right. what county they're in and everything. But um, well anyway, you know that whenever NASCAR, they get back, NASCAR.com's got some great uh, tools you can have from home. Uh, it's been fun to listen to the scanner and listen to everything they've got going on on their experience so it makes the at-home viewing experience that much better when you can hear and scan all 50 or all 40 drivers and their crews and the officials and the mrn radio and everybody else um it makes the experience a lot better now i wanted to say something real quickly about pocono and about talladega this is something you and i we have fought off of the podcast because we didn't have a podcast until a few weeks ago but something that we have fought this battle we will continue to fight this battle from for years to come until they change it Tracks like Pocono, tracks like Talladega, which are very different, but they're similar in one way. They don't have lights and they run a race in the middle of the summer at -hmm. these tracks and they want to start because NASCAR is now clearly trying to get the best TV number they can and who can blame them? That's what you got to do. So they try to get the West Coast viewing at noon so they start at 3 or 3.30 or 2.30. They always try to start later in the day to pick up the West Coast. Even though if I was in the West Coast, if I live in California, I would love a 9 a.m. race. Wouldn't that yeah. be great? You just wake up, have breakfast, the race is on, and then by noon, it's like, cool, I watched the three-hour NASCAR race. Now I got a whole day <laughs> ahead of me to go do whatever else I want. But they want to get that noon to three time slot out there to pick up more viewers, I guess. All that yeah. means, though, is that if you want to have later start times in the middle of the summer where it gets hot and sticky and thunderstorms pop up all the time, you're leaving yourself basically no window. If you get one really bad shower, you're done for the day. 
when a big track like Talladega, a big track like Pocono takes forever to drive those places, they need to have lights or you need to have noon or one o'clock starts. I don't care which one you pick. Well, I do care. I'd rather there be lights at those tracks because holy hell, a night race at Pocono, a night race at Talladega, that would be fun. I'd love to see what that looks like. But I acknowledge that's a huge expense. You have to oh. choose. You cannot have late afternoon race start times at tracks with no lights in the middle of the summer. And it's just, it's unfathomable to me that they still do this because it that's why you had Talladega Ooh. cancel on Sunday because if you had lights, maybe you could have got the race. And I don't know, maybe it rained all night. I didn't pay attention to the weather, idea. but I just, they got to do idea. one or the other. I what's, got something. What's your idea? What if, because, you know, we, we also, and we haven't, because of the events of the day and, and the, the lack of races going on with IndyCar and IMSA and other series, we haven't really talked anything but NASCAR, but we are IMSA fans. And one of the, my favorite things that I learned about when I was uh, watching a lot of the, the races, you know, growing up is that for Daytona for the 24 hour race, they have the same lights they put on for NASCAR at like 40%. And then they have the drivers uh, have headlights on. So I know this is crazy. I know it would never work in NASCAR because the moment someone bump drafts, their light's not going to work. Wouldn't that be cool just hypothetically to see like a track that's half lit at Talladega, they're running a night race and there's headlights on the car. Wouldn't that be like the coolest <laughs> thing ever? Like a, like a freight train of headlights. <laughs> and like oh you have my one that has gosh, broken. dude. Broken. Yeah. You say that. Cause you don't have to sit in the damn <laughs> car. Drive it. <laughs> oh my God. That would be terrible. It's more terrifying than I think any other form of racing you could do is if you were. So like what part of the track wouldn't be lit? I assume the straightaways. No, like no, the back no. Stretch it's, wouldn't it's be lit. Every, everything's lit. Oh, it's, it's just, just lit not, at a lower at 40%. Okay. Like it's not if, the you, if you watch the 24, yeah. the only thing that is lit at a hundred percent is the front stretch so they can light up the garage or light up the pits and, yeah, right. and the people in the front stretch, you know, it's, it, it's a, it's a good spot there. Plus it's a tribal. It's a little tricky. You're getting into turn one. So you just want to have a lot of light going in there. But yeah, once yeah, you get in yeah. the infield, you're kind of you're on your own. Then you get up on the banks and it's just, it's lit, but it's not like, it's not like an ask race. It's not lit the same way. Yeah. That's not that's very interesting. All I know is this. It's like a Christian rock concert. The, <laughs> it's loud, but it's not like, you know, dude, you know, like Metallica. Here's the thing. The amount of things that run across the track at Pocono, you can't have you have to have all lights available because let's recount what has run across the track at Pocono over the years. Um, I'm pretty sure Elliot like Sadler, does, does he count? That was pretty, <laughs> that's pretty bad lick that he took there. He did. <laughs> yes. No, but you know what? There was uh there was a fan that ran across the track back yep. in the day. Go look that video up. Oh, we'll tweet geez. that out at stagger podcast. We'll tweet out that video. There was a dude who it was on the backstretch. He was in a camper, I'm guessing in the infield mm -hmm. and somehow he climbed a fence or I don't know what he did to get over to the track. They were, you know, it's like the leaders were coming around and they were spread out because it's Pocono. And he saw them coming off turn one and ran out across the track and barely made it across and flipped over the wall. And then I don't know whatever happened to him. He may still be out there. I don't know what's going on. But <laughs> I mean, this was probably 25 years ago or more that that happened. But go oh, look yeah. that up. A guy running across the track. You've had deer run across deer, the track. Yeah. Um, supposedly. Kid, supposedly, Casey Kane. well, yeah, supposedly Neil Bonnet hit a deer 
There was not yep. video of it, but I'm pretty sure Neil Bonnet back in the day hit a deer and they came in. There was just hooves and fur and antlers all over the front of his car and just <laughs> the whole thing was totaled. They had to redo the mm-hmm. engine. I don't know. But uh, there was who? Um, someone- Remember, you know how they have the fence up there now? And like my OCD kicks in when the when the shrubbery of the trees are like growing through the fence. And I'm just like. Yeah. Just go on the outside and trim that so that, so it's a nice even fence. Well, anyways, they put up a catch fence on the back stretch because Casey Kane got airborne a little bit and his front axle went over the wall. Oh, like right, just yeah. a, just like less than ten years ago, uh, and so they started they started putting up a fence up there just to basically you know make sure that there was none of that because you don't want a car going off into the outside the track. I mean, heaven forbid they get airborne, airborne. Yeah, you know, and then they're flying through the air, hitting a tree, and you got a guy who might be injured, stuck ten feet up in the air in a fifteen hundred, two thousand pound car. I mean, that's that's not, and they probably weigh more than that. But thirty four hundred pounds, I believe, thirty four hundred pounds. Yeah, yeah. But I'm I'm thinking sprint cars there. Yeah, yeah. But all I know is that they, I think, uh, I forget who the driver was that hit somebody. I can't remember if it was Newman. It was someone who I think is a Cup racer that was just down the Xfinity series hit a gopher. Maybe it was Truex. Like hit hit like a little groundhog or gopher or something with his car and it went flying. Like they got video of it where he was he was coming down into they hit that stupid fox camera. Is that what you're talking about? No, no, no. Oh, he an hit, actual no, gopher. he hit an actual gopher. <laughs> like they got a video of it across the thing was running across the track and someone behind him was like, Yeah, they he sent that thing flying. But it uh yeah, so that because they were wondering like what happened to his car? Because he just had like a big hole suddenly on the front of his car and then that's why, because he he hit a gopher. So a lot of lot of floral and fauna going on at Pocono. So that's I don't know. There's there's a lot going on with Pocono, and it's a it's a goofy track. The Tricky Triangle, very cool history there. I'm excited for that race. The land of heart shaped hot tubs. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So we will have a lot to talk about with Pocono next week. That's my type of racing. I enjoy when it gets a little stretched out, and there's fuel mileage and tire strategy and all these other things. I, I enjoy that at Pocono. So I'm looking forward to that. Looking forward to a double header. Uh, one last thing we got to talk about the dude from Arca who had perhaps the greatest save I've ever seen on a NASCAR track. Derek, what was that guy's name? He, if you haven't seen this video, he was at Talladega this past week. He got wrecked and somehow got out of it. What was his yeah. name? Michael Self, if you haven't seen the video, I think we had tweeted it out or at least put on Instagram uh, a couple days ago. Uh, but basically, he is going uh, around. He's in the, in the one of the top positions, and he gets someone underneath of him. So left rear quarter panel. So usually when that happens, instead of the right rear, which turns you up in the wall, it's going to be the left rear. The left rear is going to turn you in the infield. So he goes, and he is literally sideways. Then his back end goes forward almost like Almirola yesterday the the trunk was further ahead than the front of his car he was not just sideways he was bass backwards he was all turned around and he was able to basically not even stop I would say straighten the car up and continue at speed and he finished I believe fifth or sixth in in the race so he it's not like he spun around stopped and like because I've seen the uh Danny Sullivan spin and win I mean, yes, Danny Sullivan, yeah. like, spun, like, slowed down, like, later on gathered up and and came back and won the race. I mean, this was, like, a legit, like, you thought – the only thing that I could think that was close enough to it was Kyle Busch had one 
I believe it was at the uh, at the Bush Clash. Maybe uh, it was a night race at the at Daytona International Speedway where he he dropped his front left tire below. He got pushed below the yellow line. He's sideways. Sparks are flying everywhere. It looked really cool, and he straightened it back out. But he like scrubbed speed for sure. It's almost like Michael Self didn't even scrub speed at all. He just no, it was it was, was going to go back around. He's like, nope, not today. Not today, because incredible save. Absolutely. Sit down, Albert, Albert Einstein, and all you <laughs> phys- physicists. Yeah, I, I'm defying what you say. I don't. I I honestly don't know if anyone could ever replicate that. By like, I, I don't think a Hollywood stuntman could replicate that. It mm. it's a pretty interesting thing that happened there, and and I don't. That's that almost might be a one in a million thing, or you know, hey man, driver did it. Driver figured it out. So. uh there's a lot of times where they, uh, you know, the situation will be said that, well, you know, we just uh, we ran out of driver there, you know, in, in that wreck because a guy just couldn't, you know, couldn't keep control of his car. That's a case where you had enough driver in Michael's self. He was uh, he was able to do it. So very cool to see that in a, a really, really fun weekend, other than clearly some of the things that were not good. But even NASCAR, they found a way. The the people, Bubba Wallace, the the other racers, they found a way to turn a negative into a positive. They turned away. They they found a way again to show a unified front and say, this this is who NASCAR is. It's not that stupid plane flying over the track. It's not whatever idiot put that noose. That's not NASCAR. the The NASCAR you saw was the parade of teams walking behind Bubba Wallace. That's that's NASCAR. And that's where it's headed. And uh, if you're not with that, if that offends you, NASCAR does not care. In fact, mm-hmm. I would guess that NASCAR might say something that's a popular phrase in the South. If you said, well, I've had it. I'm out of here. I'm done. I'm leaving. If you're going to, you know, not support the Confederate flag, I'm gone. I'm guessing NASCAR would look at you and say, bless your heart. Yep. Bless your heart. We don't, don't let need the you. door hit you where the good Lord splits you. That um, is correct. Yeah, and funny funny thing to add to that, I had posted, and I don't know, some NASCAR group that I was a part of, like on Facebook, which I don't know why I still post, but I, I just posted Bubba's the man when it came to uh, his quote saying, this is not going to slow me down kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I positive, not, you know, post nothing negative. I immediately got called every name under the sun by a few people. The one most interesting thing that was pretty funny was that one of the people said, that uh, you're un-American, they need to fly the flag, uh, the Confederate flag is what they were talking about. They need to fly the flag, and if they don't let us, it's un-American for that to happen. You're un-American, and Bubba Wallace is un-American. Mind you, all I said was Bubba is the man with a checker flag emoji. Yeah. it's So I, I, I did have to reply to that one. I said, well, you know, I said, you know, kind of, it is the most American thing ever to, to take that flag down because that was a rebellion. <laughs> against america but uh try talking yeah. history to a racist it's hard to do that yeah well and you know what that's what nascar has realized we don't need to placate those people anymore nope. we, we don't nope. need to make you feel comfortable if it makes you uncomfortable to see a black man driving a race car then you don't need to be a part of nascar and by the way don't take a look at like the teams on NASCAR, if one black guy driving a race car is offensive to you, you may not want to see who's changing the tires and who's putting gas in the car and who's working on the car back at the shop and who is running the social media accounts and all the who's other people sitting up in the stands who is photographing the race. Yeah. NASCAR is a diverse sport. It's, and it's has a, been for a while. It has been. And, and you're going to see that more and more be understood. So 
Uh, yeah, I think that's a good place to wrap it up for this week. We will next week have a Pocono recap. We may even have some other surprises for you in store. So do not miss an episode. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, whichever way you still like to call that thing. Find our podcast, Stagger Podcast. Subscribe to it. The link is in our Twitter bio. We will tweet out the link to this episode, of course, but you're already listening to it. But just click that link, go to the page, and then hit subscribe on whatever podcast app you use. Spotify, same deal. We will be on other podcast apps very, very soon. And join up on Facebook, Stagger Nation, Twitter and Instagram, at Stagger Podcast. That is it for us. For Derek, I'm JD, and we'll see you next week. Stay staggered. Stay staggered.